everyone, and welcome to Tap to Craft, an educational podcast where we talk about craft beer in terms the everyday beer drinker can understand. My name is Denny Luce, and joining me tonight is my partner in craft and drinking buddy, John Ream. John, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. I'm taking the Danny Luce approach, and mm-hmm. I've already got a couple of bombers in me. So. Yeah, right on. Unlike most shows where I start drinking when we start the show, <laughs> I've been drinking for a couple hours now, so I'm ready okay. to go. Okay. Wow, John, you just t- I thought you were drinking along with me before the show the whole time. Now I just learned that you're actually mostly sober when the show starts, and that's not good. We need to change that, so I'm glad that you've already started down that path, that road, We'll see. I, I don't know. I don't know if I like the end of the journey. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, hey, you know what? We have another fantastic, extra special guest hosting with us tonight. It's our buddy Robert from Twitter, TPS Sponge. If you want to find him on Twitter, Robert, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, guys. It's just like John, but the opposite. I've gotten rid of a couple bombers out of me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So, so that, but did but, you at least put some in before you got rid of them or you just got rid of them? I meant I dropped some bombs. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you got to feel comfortable while you're on the show. So, I hey. Actually, I, uh, I, I got your tweets, and, and right when I pulled in the house, my wife skipped a kiss home and went straight to the beer fridge and grabbed one and started downing some because I need to catch up to both of you guys from what I see. That's right. That's right. We don't waste any time. We Well, I don't waste any time. John, he likes to hold off so he doesn't get too, you know, loose-lipped like myself. But, uh, hey, he's got a, he's the professional one. I'm the, the guy that, you know, whips out those uh, incorrect uh, facts. When, and I guess the incorrect facts are not really facts, are they? No. They're, I think, uh, <laughs> they're out of the blue moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, Robert, hang on just a second. We're going to go ahead and get some, uh, some, I don't know, administration stuff done real quick. And we're going to come right back to you. And Well, we're going to talk about a little beer. And then we're going to come back to you. And we're going to do our community spotlight segment with you, asking you all these tough questions. And, you know, if you, you've, you've probably heard old Vic Joe he was the first one that got hammered with these questions, so you at least have an idea of what to expect. But uh, but but get prepared. We're gonna hit you with I, the hard answered questions. I'll be over here in the corner sipping my beers and waiting for you. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, hey, the the goal of Tap to Craft is that we want to bring more people into the craft beer hobby. John and I, we are craft beer enthusiasts. We love to drink craft beer. We love to learn about craft beer. And you know what? We do a podcast because we love to talk about and have other people learn about craft beer and join this fantastic hobby. And we are enthusiasts, not experts. We're going to say things that may not be 100% correct. And again, I always put that onus on me. I am the one that sometimes misspeaks. But John, he is the closest thing to an expert we have. He is, by by all means, he is a uh, a, a craft beer, homebrew, judge, uh What's the official title, John? Uh, Certified Beer Judge. There you go. Certified Beer Judge. So if anyone's an expert, John has definitely got the the title for that. But but again, like I said, we want to help you learn about the the craft beer hobby. And we don't want you to feel like you are 
uh, you know, dumb or stupid or whatever. He wants you to feel like, hey, this is something that anyone can get into. It doesn't have to be the people that are all the really smart, ritzy kind of people that, that like to, to talk all those big, big terms. We're not going to talk those big terms. We're going to talk easy to understand stuff. And I hope that, that people can really appreciate that we're just coming to you at a, at, at a, you know, at a lower, easy, I don't know, I can't think of the word right now because I've been drinking a little too much, but, you know, a nice, easy going type uh, tone. I'll just say that. Uh, we very much enjoy all of our listener participation. In fact, Robert with us tonight, he is one of, uh, of our you know, number one participants on Twitter and in emails and, uh, you know, just letting us know about all good things craft beer. And, of course, we are going to really enjoy talking with him on the show tonight. But we also want to encourage everyone that listens to go ahead and write in. Either write an email to us or you can write us on Twitter and just communicate with us. We love to learn about your craft beer experience. And maybe we'll invite you on to share your craft beer journey just like we're inviting Robert on tonight. We also, to help with listener participation, once a month we do a, uh, a beer tasting note segment where we encourage our listeners to go out and purchase the beer that we're going to be talking about and tasting so that you can taste along with us and get an idea of when John and I explain what we're tasting in a beer, that you'll be drinking that beer at the same time and you'll be able to say, oh yeah, I see what, they're, what they mean by that flavor and you'll be able to understand the characteristics of craft beer a little bit easier. That's what our hope is. And this episode is not one of those episodes where we will do a tasting, but next episode is. And for that episode, if you want to prepare... You have two weeks from the time you listen to this to go ahead and prepare for our Tasting Notes segment. You can uh, grab the beer that we'll be tasting. is going to be the Victory Brewing Hop Devil IPA. And we've decided to pick this beer, well, an IPA style in, in particular, because when episode 27 releases, it will be IPA Day. And uh, that's on August 6th. And, hey, why not uh, go ahead and just celebrate IPA Day by listening to our show and drinking an IPA along with us. I think that's a great way to celebrate IPA Day. Just like to encourage our listeners to help out the show. We don't ask for money or beer, even though, you know, Robert, hey, you you really hooked us up with some beer. Um, but we do just ask one simple thing. If you have a few minutes, go out and write an iTunes review for us. It helps the show get noticed in the iTunes community and uh, allows us our show to be maybe listened to by more people and we can get the word out. Uh, and we're running a contest right now, just real quick. For the first 20 reviewers that leaves an iTunes review, you'll be entered in for a chance to win one of two special Deschutes Brewery uh, gift packs. That includes a bottle opener, a tasting glass, some coasters, and some stickers in a nice little gift bag. There's two of those to give away, so you have a 1 in 10 chance to win. So we just encourage all of our listeners to go out and leave a, a little review. And you are listening to episode 26. We were recording this show on Friday, July 17th. And in this episode, you're gonna, we're going to talk about a few different things. We're going to, of course, we're going to interview our special guest, Robert. We're going to find out about his craft beer journey in our Community Spotlight segment. And there's a couple news articles we're going to go ahead and, and talk about, too. Before we get into that, so let's talk about what we're drinking. Robert, since you are, are our guest, what are you drinking tonight on the show? Uh, uh, 
it's funny that you would ask that. No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm drinking it. <laughs> I'm drinking a Firestone Walker 18th anniversary ale. It tastes like fire. Fire. Um, actually, it's a it's a nail. Uh, <laughs> it's a fire. Here's ale? the good thing. Let, let me say something real quick. What I love about Top of the Craft is I can do this and not feel like an idiot because I am the enthusiast. Yes. I am the beginner. I am learning. There's a reason why I'm here. This thing is the, what, a 13.8 AVB. All right. And I learned that from you guys. <laughs> a big beer. Uh, I'm drinking a pint. I'm on uh, my second glass from this pint, and I'm feeling very, very toasty. Okay. <laughs> um. I don't. I, I've read the label, and half of the stuff they're talking about it's like a poem, which <laughs> I really don't care about. Oh. It, it doesn't tell me really. the The box had all the information, and I got rid of the box because I needed to cool this thing down for tonight. But let's just say, go out and buy it. But uh, make sure you have a little bit more spare change. Um, I walked up to the register with this, and in California. That's where uh, I'm based out of. Um, the price for this thing is $26 and change. Oh, my gosh. I'm hoping that $16 of that was taxes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. This is actually a good beer. It's a dark ale, uh, low carbonation, nice lacing. The head was pretty, pretty low. This is all terms I have learned from you guys. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, let me the scent is of sweet, woodsy, barrel-aged ale. Okay. Um, there's nothing else I can really say. Hopefully, it sounds very professional to you guys. Yeah, it sounds expert. Expert, yeah. This is a pretty damn good ale. And let me pass it on to you, John. <laughs> All right. So tonight, uh, Denny mentioned that uh, Robert was kind enough to send us some beer. And I've been drinking uh, all beer from Robert. Uh, and right now, I'm finishing up a uh, McLeod Ale Jackie Tar mm. uh, Brown Stout, which I mentioned when I went to San Diego. I, I really enjoyed this beer, and I'm also really enjoying it uh, this time out of the bottle. Okay, so so um, so wh- how, how does it? How, how, did you have it in a bottle last time, or was it on tap the last time you had it? It was on draft last on time. On draft, okay. Now. Do, have you noticed? It was, I'm curious because I haven't had it on draft, and I've had uh, I've also drank that beer tonight, and I'm curious on uh, how it's different between the draft and the bottle. Is there a noticeable difference in the whether it's the carbonation or the feel, or is it pretty similar between the two? My experiences was pretty similar. Okay. Uh, I mentioned last time they were having some problems with their nitrogen tank. Um, oh, okay to to serve it um and that nitrogen is going to give you you know that more creamy kind of low carb feel Mm -hmm. and the the bottle here did not have a lot of carbonation Um, at first i thought it didn't have any when i first poured in the glass because i didn't get any kind of head or lacing or nothing um but uh there were there were some bubbles in there i I could feel them and it was just very low Mm -hmm. uh, level yeah um may i may i uh i've been to the brewery Uh uh-huh um, their nitro is usually one. It's usually one of their styles. It's either the Jackie Tar or the King's Tax. 
Um, their beers really don't have a lot of carbonation because yeah. it is straight from the cask. Mm-hmm. And uh, from what I understand, cask ales are really not what we're normally used to drinking because this is something that comes straight from England. Mm-hmm. Um, when you do drink at the tasting room, um, John, you might know better than I do, but they use they don't use the taps that we're normally used to seeing in a bar. They usually they use these pumps. I don't mm-hmm. know what they really call them. Yeah, it's but a they, beer engine. And, and and that's what creates the carb. It, it doesn't really create the carbonation in, in your beer, but it foams your beer. And when they serve, when they actually give you your, your pint, you have to let it set. And, and it's funny how it, it's, uh, if you've ever seen a Guinness board, it's very cloudy and mm-hmm. you can't drink it until it's the solid color of a, of a Guinness. Mm-hmm. That's what you have to do with these, and the temperature is they're usually served at a at a warmer temperature. I think it's a at a 50, uh, 58, uh, depending on what they're serving you. Mm-hmm. Um, but out of the glass, it's a little different. It, it did taste a little bit different to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Since uh, since John, I know you only had what uh, maybe two ounce, four ounces at, at San Diego. Yeah, uh, three or four ounces there. Yeah, so yeah, the not only- not a not the full experience, especially for something like this yeah. um, coming out of uh, their. The only thing I, I do gotta say is that McLeod is a shit. <laughs> yeah, they. I, I'll tell you what, I'm pretty impressed with the two bottles that I had tonight, and Jackie Tar. Since we were just talking about that. Um, I agree, John, that when I first opened the, the bottle, I did hear a little bit of a poof. So I thought, okay, there's it's it's under pressure. But then when I poured it, it looked like it was pretty flat. But I did have a little head. and, and um, But I didn't have any lacing. But I think it's because this beer is a is not a heavy, uh, you know, style stout. It's really a light, sessionable stout. It's, in fact, it's only, what, three point... Let me look at the bottle. Three point eight percent alcohol, so it's really, you know, really a sessionable uh, English stout. But I, it wasn't. But I was concerned because, and we'll talk about it a little later, because Robert had mentioned that a friend of his had got a bottle and it wasn't a good bottle and it didn't turn out the way it was supposed to have turned out. So I was kind of looking for that, but I didn't have any of the signs that what Robert had explained. The beard looked like a normal type cask style ale I would have at the bar. And and there are several bars in my area that do have cask uh, systems that they do have serve cask ales. In fact, Tin Barrels, one of them, I, I usually get a cask ale every time I go there just to try what they have on cask. And this, the stout, um, it was a, it, it reminded me very much of, of coming straight out of a traditional cask, um, which normally does have a little bit lower carbonation um, it, it is a warmer, I did drink it warmer, uh, probably around the 58 to 60 degree temperature. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. It didn't have any bad flavors. It had a nice malt, fl- uh, you know, back backbone to it, but didn't have the American stout type burnt, you know, more of the roasted, toasted, burnt, uh, you know, burnt tasting or coffee, uh, flavors. It was really uh, it was really nice. I really enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it uh, in the bottle too, John? Yeah, yeah, I, I did. And I, I was looking out for the same things because uh, I heard Roger or Robert blah, tell the 
the story, yeah. The bad bottle. So I, I was a little worried too when I poured it and nothing was going on, but may, it, it it turned out okay. So. May, may, may I in, interrupt? When I had my bottle version of the Jackie Tar, mm-hmm. um, I, I did use a English style pint glass, which was by uh, Samuel Smith, uh-huh. and it was actually the edge was lasered, which kept the head rolling. Okay. When I had mine. Okay. So can that be John? You being an expert and professional certified <laughs> beer superhero drinker, um, could that be an issue that maybe we used an Americanized pint glass to a British pint glass? Uh, well, anything that's etched is going to help uh, release the carbonation from the beer and build a head and everything else. So uh, <clears throat> any glass that's that's uh, etched like that would would work. Mm-hmm. Um, do you so. do you guys own edge glasses? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm actually drinking from a glass that has etching in it, but it didn't didn't help me. <laughs> did you use a, oh, okay, so you did use the Jackie Tar in the edge glass. Yeah. Damn it. No, but I, I'm sorry. I pride myself behind this this brewery because no. it's in my local backyard. Yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, don't don't uh, don't think we're like slamming this i this was still a great experience i i love this beer um, the, yeah. the flavors from it and everything are great um and i i'm really from what i've been able to experience from it i'm looking forward to at some point getting down to la mm-hmm. and just heading there and just drinking some jack guitar all day yeah so oh. <laughs> I, I i agree i agree i um i like i said i'm impressed by this brewery and i look forward to visiting it in person one day and trying the beers, you know, directly from the cask, and, uh, and and trying all of them. I, I mean, this beer was. I mean, I on Untapped, I gave it a four cap. I mean, that's a good rating. Um, wow, I, that's awesome. I, I have no. I mean, there's nothing negative about it. I mean, the only slight negative is, yeah, could have used maybe a little bit more carbonation. Yeah, but it wasn't like it was completely flat. I and it wasn't. I had no. Um, you know, no signs of the bottling being uh, done poorly either. It was it was definitely a well kept bottle, and uh, and and I think the beer tastes pretty close to what I'd get on tap. Uh, so, I, and, that, and that surprised me because I was really weary about having the the characteristics from the cask carry on into the bottle, and in being able to to hold those characteristics true to to what you get out of the cask. As you drink it from home, you know a month or two after it's bottled. That I was very, uh, you know, I, I was thinking that there's no way that it's gonna it's gonna have the same characteristics. And I was very pleasantly surprised that both beers held cask conditioned ales to a you know to a pretty good uh, you know realistic uh, style sample that I would expect from getting straight from the cask. So now thank, now with thank you, Danny. Yeah, with that thank with that being much. said. John, I know that we also drank another beer that that Robert provided with us from McLeod. Now, is it McLeod or is it McLeod? Is it McLeod? I as a Latino, I say McLeod mm-hmm. ales, and I think of a Highlander. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I go McLeod. 
Okay. I mean, I, it's 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 M A C L E O D. So McLeod, McLeod. It's I, I, I said I said McLeod just because of Highlander and that first okay. movie was amazing. Okay. No. I, yeah. I don't. I, I'll have them correct us when they listen to the podcast because I'm sure they're going to listen because <laughs> we've been promoting the heck out of their beer, so they should probably listen to this episode. I'm going to make sure they do listen. Okay. Okay. Great. But uh, but you know what. Robert, you provided another beer for John and I to try, which we both also drank today. So we might as well talk about that now too. And that is the the little little spree, right? What's that one called? Yeah, the little spree. And this is a they call it a Yorkshire Pale Ale, and uh, it's also very low alcohol content. It's four point three. Again, four point three is exactly within that sessionable ale range, and. I'll, I'll tell you what, I was very impressed with this pail, especially with the cask conditioning. I imagine that this is the closest beer that I'm going to taste that from England in a cask for a pail, a normal pail, bitter beer. Um, very smooth, creamy finish, just like the, the stout also had a smooth, creamy finish. Um, it had a little bit of the, this the I don't know, what I, I, I want to say... What, what's interesting for me with cask-conditioned ales is that even though they're in a, um, most of the ones in America here are in, and, and also in England, I, I guess, too, they're in metal containers, it comes across with kind of a woody, woodiness to it. And I don't know if it's because that's what they put in there. They put some wood chips in there to give it that woody flavor. Or I don't know what, what they do, but I loved that it had that little bit of woody um, character to it and the nice creamy finish and very smooth and very, you know, fluffy. Had a great mouthfeel. I really enjoyed it. John, what did you think about the the little spree? This is the first time you've had this beer, right? Uh, yeah, I think this is the one, the only one of their like four mainstays that they didn't bring to the to the conference. Mm. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I actually. Uh, so I got it out and was letting it warm up a bit. Uh, I wanted to get into the into the fifties before I drank it. Um, I actually took a thermometer to it oh. uh, once I poured it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I was really beer, beer geeking out on that one. Um, Certified bona fide. So I, I was a little I was a little low. It was only up to uh, forty six degrees. So oh my gosh. Um, I, I took uh, took a couple sips just to see what it was like, and then let it uh, warm up the rest of the way and when i when i had those couple of sips it, it came across uh pretty earthy and a little mm-hmm. metallic uh kind mm-hmm. of and um kristen also tried some and she's like that seems like a cross between a pale ale and a lager and i'm like yeah huh. I, I don't think this is how it's going to be uh once it warms up mm-hmm. and yeah once it warmed up it, it just blossomed into just a beautiful beer with mm-hmm. uh great floral notes and, yeah. and some nice light uh kind of very light fruit fruity character from the yeast like a mm-hmm. little ester um going on yeah really smooth i really enjoyed that beer yeah um and yeah it, it was just real easy to drink um and uh the thankfully i mean both of these beers we talked about are, are bottle conditioned mm-hmm. and uh in both cases the yeast was nice and uh packed the bottom for me so i, I didn't have to worry too much about Sending a big sluggy yeast into my glass. So yeah, yeah. 
night. Appreciate it. Yeah, that that was nice too. I noticed that same thing that the the pale to me seemed to have more yeast um, in the bottom than the than the Jackie Tar did in my two bottles. The Jackie Tar had less uh, at the bottom. The yeast the the yeast in the little spree was definitely more prominent. But you're right, it didn't it didn't uh, you know swoosh out into my glass, which was nice. I really appreciate that. It kind of stayed in there. And I, but again, I wasn't being aggressive because I knew that it was going to have some of that stuff in there. So I was trying to be extra careful, but I was able to drink, you know, almost normally when I have a a bottle conditioned beer, I'll leave a good quarter, you know, quarter of an inch of stuff in the bottom because I don't want to, to get that in my glass. And this one, I almost literally drank everything out of there and the yeast stayed pretty tightly held to the bottom of the the bottle, which is, I really appreciated. May I say you don't get the title to your beer. (laughs) That's true. How, now, Robert, how did you get that title of chew your beer? Is that because you like spilling all that that gunk into your beer and chewing it up? No, because as a, as a Latino, and I hate bringing up that I'm Latino, but as a Latino, we're used to drinking yellow fizzy beer. Yeah. And I started drinking darker beers, and everybody kept saying, you know, you're having dinner, and then you're drinking dinner. So... And and that's where it all just came. It's a thicker, not thicker, but just a darker beer just throws people away. Yeah, yeah. And that's where I came up with the chew your beer. And and the chewing part is basically not chewing because of the thickness or, or what have you, but it's basically just chewing it with your mind and your senses of taste okay. and smell. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, now when when you bring your craft beer to a family outing let's say it's you know some kind of party for whatever uh are are you are you giving a lot of crap when you bring this stuff over or or are your family more um you know willing to try it and give it a shot or they just you know they want their whatever their their beer of choice is you know i don't know uh tecate or uh dos equis or i don't know i don't want to be stereotypical but i'm just saying those are mexican beers um are they able to, to go ahead and and accept that, hey, I'm going to go ahead and try this IPA and, and enjoy it? Or do they just kind of foo-foo it and say, you know, you got, you're, a, you're, a, you're a snobby beer drinker. I'm going to drink my, my lager or whatever. Um, first of all, you forgot the, the, the number one American beer, which is Bud Light. <laughs> That's true. Bud Light. But I, I, I mean, I, the, the, the first, the biggest Amer- Mexican beer is Bud Light. Okay. But, okay. Um, it wasn't that I was foofy or what are the terms that I'm looking for? A bougie mm-hmm. or stuck up or nosy or hipster. It was just that I'm not like everybody else. I'm 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 me. I'm I have so many names. Yeah, as your Twitter said. Yeah, and <laughs> and when they get to taste it, at first they make faces, but I've actually converted four people into craft beer. Oh, good. Good. And, you know, once we get into the, uh, the I guess, the uh, community segment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I remember, I'll bring it up. Okay. Now, I'll remind you. I'll remind you about your conversions you that go. you've done. Okay. And, and I didn't mean to leave out the, the domestic macro beers, but here, here in my area, in the Boise area, we do have a lot of Mexican immigrants that come up and work in the far, you know, in the farming industry. And honestly, they drink 
uh, when I go when we go out, it seems like they they drink a lot of the, you know the the Dos Equis and the Modella and the. I mean, I, I don't know. I, maybe it's just that the the here they they like that beer. But hey, I'll accept that they like Bud Light too. Um, I didn't mean to. Dos. To yeah, I didn't mean to. No, to, no, 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 no. If Dos Equis is to my heart, Dos Equis is is there's never. There's never an empty bottle of those actors in my refrigerator. Because <laughs> you drink. Am I, do I got the Denny slur? No, not yet. You're doing okay. You're okay. You'll get it. You'll get it eventually. I'm almost. I, we got to talk about his last beer because I'm almost done with this. Uh, this Let's big beer. This. So, Let's but, do this. but, uh, but yeah, no, you're you're doing okay. But yeah, I don't want. I don't want to carry on. We we need to get going in the show. So yeah, before you pass out, before we get the interview, let's go ahead and talk about the last beer, John. The last beer that we got from Robert that we're drinking on the show right now. Wait, are you drinking it yet, John? Correction, correction. This is you, you passed oh, one, but yeah. <laughs> okay, John just popped his bottle. Uh, oh, so, so I'll go. I, I'll go yeah. ahead and talk about it because John hasn't yet tasted it. Um, this beer is from the Lost Abbey Brewing out of they're in California, but are they in the southern portion of California? Then, I, I think they're Southern California, so, San Diego. Okay, Southern yeah, California. San Diego. Okay. Um, Robert was very generous, very generous, and he provided John and I both with a bottle of a very, very special beer that was, as far as I understand, was bottled back in 2011 or 12, right? It's like it's it, it's an older beer that they, um, they created John. for a special uh, ultimate – pack of beer that they sold for like many hundreds of dollars and they did it based off of uh, tracks of of metal i don't know old school rock and metal bands and stuff and this is this beer that that robert provided us is called track number 10 and it's called a bat out of hell and it's a barrel aged strong out 13.5 percent aged in american oak bourbon barrels and it has like cocoa nibs and some coffee uh, hints and chocolate hints into it. And uh, I'm halfway through this bottle right now. I've been drinking it. I've been I've been sipping on it as we've been talking during the show. And wow, Robert, um, I'm I'm very impressed with this beer. And uh, I know you were worried that the bourbon um, content might be a little strong for me on this, and it's not at all. Um, it's definitely a strong Ooh. beer. You can. You can take a whiff and you can smell right away that there's uh, hell <laughs> a, a lot of stuff going on there. A lot of dark fruits. It's, I can. I mean, it's like a raisins. Raisins, exactly. I was just gonna say it's like it's like a, yeah. a, a, a lot of raisins in the nose and some vanilla and some vanilla as well. Yeah, there's some fantastic right away. The aroma is incredible. Then you start drinking it. And this is literally, uh, I mean, it's like, it's like, I, I know it's called a bat out of hell, but this is, I think this, this bat has risen up to heaven because this is a, this is a really good beer. I'm really enjoying it. I don't have I think, any negative, uh, aspects to say about, about it, you know, especially being a strong beer. I expected it to be very boozy and I don't have the booziness. I don't have the bourbon character overwhelming the rest of flavors um it's very nice dude you that's a okay 
uh, I'm, I'm lost for words because uh, my terms are not as, as uh, crafty mm-hmm. as yours can be. Um, that's exactly what I tasted when I, I... I've had this twice, I think, and when I logged them in, um, I was really looking for the whiskey barrel part of it, and mm-hmm. it failed on me because it's a bourbon. Mm-hmm. Not a whiskey, and and John, I thank God for John um, <laughs> uh, giving me that information on the last show. Um, but it, yes, it, for a twelve ounce bottle, it's amazing. To me, it's amazing for for twelve ounces to to pack such so much um, craft in it. Mm-hmm. If that's the right term. Yeah. Yeah, it's an artesian beer. It was, I mean, artists worked and crafted this thing to, per- I mean, I, I don't want to say perfection because definitely there's, you know, perfection. It's hard to re- reach perfection, but this is, uh, it's impressive. John, I know that you just now popped your bottle open and poured it. I hope that your bottle was able to warm up a little bit so you don't have, you know, it's at it's at a very good temperature, not too cold. What do you? What's your first impressions on this on this beer? Oh, it's delicious. <laughs> it um, is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. I, I so, might just sit so here I, and, and mute my mic and just enjoy this thing. I don't know. Wait, 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 wait. Are you guys telling me that I'm that I'm uh, four for three so far? Four for three. You're you're three. You're three four, for four. You're, you're, you're three for four, and and maybe even four for four. But the last beer you gave us was. Uh, was just kind of something you threw in there, right? It was a Montana beer for all, for goodness sakes. It's, uh, and you know what? And that wasn't a bad IPA to, anyway. So I think you're four for four for good beers. Oh my God. Honestly, I'm throwing my hands up in the air and I'm waving them around. Like I just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You did good. You did good. You, you didn't disappoint us for sure. And see, it's not that I did good. It's that I listened good. <laughs> and it's the information that you guys provide and and the way you guys provide it that makes me a better craft beer enthusiast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um it's 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 funny because I can go to a tasting and not really understand what the hell they're talking about or listen to a podcast that's way above the caliber of information that I know, mm-hmm. but I still kind of understand what they're trying to tell me. And that's thanks to you guys. And uh, honestly, there's other podcasts out there like the 40 cast mm-hmm. and, you know, and uh, the gamers pub, but it's you guys that really, that really do cater to people like myself that, the starters, the enthusiasts, the guys that actually want to learn, and 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 you know, it's not like I want to be a professional. Mm-hmm. It's just that I want to be able to enjoy what I'm drinking. Yes, well, that's that's what John and I aim to do. Is we want to educate people on craft beer and educate them in a way that they are enthusiastic about trying it and wanting to learn about it and wanting to, you know, go out outside their box and try things that they wouldn't have normally tried. And uh, I'm glad that to hear that we're helping you out, Robert. Really, I, that really means a lot to me. And I know it means a lot to you too, John, I'm sure. So, oh yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Hey, you know what? We just got done talking a lot about beers 
And so we're going to go ahead and we're going to skip the noteworthy beers because I think we talked about enough noteworthy beers already in the beginning of this show. Unless, <laughs> unless Robert, unless you have a one specific or, or two specific noteworthy beers that you want to let our listeners know about, I'll let you go ahead and take the stage and talk about them. But if not, we can move into your, your, your uh, interviewing time. Uh, just what it's not really a nor uh it's really not a noteworthy beer but it's just uh, can i call out john yeah yo what's your beef with russian river and uh <laughs> <Tony> the elder <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you mean by that what do you mean does john not like playing the elder he's uh john you can have the floor uh, i have nothing against uh russian river and playing the elder I, I'm I'm assuming you're referring to my comment that I haven't had it in a really long time. I'm sending you a bottle, sir. Um, that's because they stopped distributing to Washington. That's on them. They have a beef with me, okay. not the other way around. Yeah. So, yeah, they they stopped distributing here uh, three or four years ago now, um, and they put all that beer back into their pub. Mm-hmm. Uh, so okay, the, I'm gonna send I'm gonna send you one, and and when I send you one, uh, I'll send you one, Denny, as well. Um, I need both of you to go get a, a, a uh, what's that stone, a reunition 2.0? Uh, yeah, yeah. That, so, so you have a you you have a beef with me then, Robert, because I'm the one that said that there's no way that the stone reunition 2.0 is better than the first reunition, and let alone better than Pliny, in, in my opinion. So. Well, well, he, he, here's the thing: the, the 2.0 is not. I don't think it's a. It's not a double IPA, correct? No, it is a double. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. it is a double IPA. Yeah. Okay, so listeners, please understand that I am just like you, and the terms that I'm using it's because of what I learned from these guys and <laughs> a, a double IPA and, and what have you. This is just stuff that comes to my mind because the stuff that I learned from these guys. Um, between the Pliny, the Elder, and the uh, 2.0, to me, they're kind of similar, not competitive. Mm-hmm. But I do think the 2.0, for a person like me as a beginner, um, and, and it's also hard to find a Pliny, the Elder. Yeah. Um, the sweetness with the tartness or the bitterness of the hops and the way it hides the AVB within itself that's what makes me feel like the 2.0 because I can find it basically anywhere that I go compared yeah. to the elder. Yeah. That's where my comparison is okay. to both of them. Okay. Uh, yeah. With that being said, I agree. If you want a beer that is closely resemble or that kind of resembles what you get for playing the elder in that, in the characteristics you just described, I agree. The Runation 2.0 is way easier to find. I can find it at, at my grocery store, at my, uh, at my my bottle shop, I can find it anywhere, and just like John, and it's cheaper. At, what's that? <laughs> and it's cheaper. And it's cheaper. You're no, right. it's not. No, it's not. Let me let me confirm that. No, it's not. It's it's as a sales rep in the in what I do for a living as a sales rep. What they what what the, not the consumer, but what the retail does. To planning the elder is ridiculous. Oh There's yeah, I'm, I'm saying from from the from the end consumer standpoint, Stone Ruination 2.0 is cheaper, cheaper yeah. for us to go get at the yeah, store. I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah the the markup from from retail. I mean, they they know it's in demand. They they're gonna take advantage of that fact. So actually, uh, let me tell you. There's two areas in my in my valley. I live in the San Fernando Valley, in in um, 
in my area that I live in, there's only two places that I can pick up Pliny the Elder. I'm not going to say names because I <laughs> want stock to be there for myself. <laughs> if you want to know, you tweet me or email me, and I'll give you the information. But there's two areas that you could only find it at, and it's every every Wednesday is when they get the delivery. So I already know when to pick them up. Okay. Um, and they're six dollars. That's the same price. The that's the same price oh, you wow. pay at the brewery. I pay eight bucks for two no, but See, the, th- those prices are flipped in my area. Yeah. Where, when Pliny was still here, uh, I, I pay six bucks for Ruination, yeah, um, two point yeah. and I pay eight to nine for for Pliny up here. So yeah, see that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I that's it, it, that's weird that the the Ruination two is more expensive. That's that that surprises me. Now, now the bottle. Size is different because the Pliny is sixteen point nine and Renation is twenty two. If I'm correct, I, I believe the Pliny is a sixteen ounce bottle. So there's a there's a size difference too. So maybe you're maybe you're right. The taxes on it might be a little bit higher for the more alcohol content. It, it, it might be, but I don't think it really is a six um, sixteen ounce bottle. It might be a little bit bigger than that. Okay, hold on. I got my I, can't, I got my Pliny the Elder bottle right here in front of me. I cannot confirm Pliny is a twelve, not anything else. A twelve, but no, they don't even sell it in twelves. They sell they it in did this when they were in Washington. Oh, did they? they must Maybe have in this. Washington they do. <laughs> this is a uh, yeah, it's a one pint, a one point two five fluid pint. ounce. Yeah, so it's five hundred and ten milliliters. That's uh, sixteen ounces. Yeah, it's a sixteen That's ounce bottle. 12. No, I didn't say twelve. I okay. said it's a pint. I said sixteen point nine is what I said. <laughs> I am feeling your pain. <laughs> All right, I need to go drink another beer because I'm obviously not as wasted. I mean, as uh, lubricated as uh, as the rest of the guys. But uh, yeah, Pliny is a little bit smaller bottle, so you're gonna pay. So so I paid. I think I paid six fifty a bottle when I bought a case of this when I visited them last summer. And I and okay and John, did I bring Let's a bottle to you score. or not? I, I did I give you a bottle last year or not? Uh, no. Okay, because I think I asked oh. you if you already. I think I asked if you already had it. and You said yeah. They used to distribute there, so then I gave it to I gave it to my other friends here locally. So, but uh, sorry, John, I would have I should have brought you a bottle right. last summer. Let's do this. I'll send you two pl- elders. Individually, one for you and uh, one, one for Danny, one for John. When you receive those, please go out to your local store, pick up a <laughs> 2.0. And when this happens, I want you to do your uh, – your is it tasting notes? Yeah, Correct. tasting notes, yeah. Do your tasting notes on your 2.0 because I, I, I'm thinking every state can get 2.0 now, correct? Uh, Stone doesn't do every state yet. They're almost there. Oh, well, I'm sorry for the states that don't yeah, get it. Yeah, we can't hit, we can't always get all the states. It's okay. But I, I want you guys to do a comparison, and then uh, I'll be listening. All right. All right. We can Sounds do good, that. John? Yeah. Oh. John? Oh, we lost John. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I, I didn't realize I had to respond. <laughs> he was drinking. Yeah, that's okay. This thing's good, man. It is, it is good. It is good. 
It is good. All right. Okay. Well, hey, let's move in to our community spotlight segment where we are going to go ahead and, I mean, the community spotlight, basically we all we want to do with this segment is to go ahead and learn more about all of our community listeners' uh, craft beer experiences. And we want to invite our listeners to come on the show with us like we invited Robert if you know, make a request and and hey we'll bring you on and and we'll talk about your beer journey. So of course this week we have Robert and Robert as I mentioned on Twitter today I sent out a tweet uh with all your different mini names that you have. You have your government name, you have your gaming tag name, you have your LA name, you have your uh you know little you know your little more personal name, you have your media name, you have a lot of names. What do you what what names do you prefer to go by when people call you? I, I call you Robert. Is that okay, is that okay to call you Robert? Danny, as an adult, I prefer Robert. Okay, okay, all right. So, um, all the other names, the gamer, uh, the gamer tag name is SpongeBobby's. Okay. Uh, the media name, TPS Sponge. Yeah. But at the end, it's you know as as we get older, um, you know we we prefer our government name. Yeah, and yeah. The only, the only reason why there's so many names is because back then, do you really trust the internet? <laughs> uh, you, no. Yeah, you can't trust the internet. Exactly. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that anyone who wanted to steal my identity probably has already done it. In fact, I can go and search for my name on the internet, and there's a le- before the, all I knew that ever existed was myself and my dad because we share the same name. But now I find out there's other people with my same name in Texas and in Hawaii. And when that happened, they're probably go. You better go talk to you. I know, I know. I think I got my identity stolen. There's no way that I got two more Denny Luces out there. My name is pretty darn unique. It's not like it's a common name, but uh, now there's four of us out there. So maybe. Two of them are impersonating me. Uh, I better watch out for that. All right. Well, hey, Robert, let's talk about beer, about your beer experience. And we're going to start off when, when was the first, I mean, your first drinking experience, whether it was beer or hard alcohol or whatever was your first al- you know, drinking experience. Can you go ahead and, and talk about when you first experienced alcohol and then, and then from there, when did you decide to go ahead and, and jump into craft beer? Okay. Uh, my first experience with beer was a Mickey's. And a Mickey's Big Mouth? I think it was. Uh, is that the 40 ounce? No. Mickey, I mean, you're, you're saying the Mickey's Big Big Mouth uh, bottles, right? They were like, I don't know. They look like little grenades? Yeah, little grenades, yeah. Uh, no, it was a 40 ounce. Oh, wow. They made 40 ounces it's, of those? <laughs> Well, in California, yes. Okay. okay. Um, it was a Mickey's 40 ounce and a Strawberry Hill Boonies. Oh. <laughs> wow. Were you trying to woo some uh, woman there? What, what was your motivation with that uh, mixture? My, my my motivation was to get drunk. Yeah. <laughs> for the first time. Okay. Not succeeded. Okay. Was it a good experience or was it not? No. It was, no? Okay. What did you learn from it? No, it, I learned that you don't mix drinks, you don't mix beer and alcohol. Excellent. And liquor. Yes. And uh, I, I um, it, it was a bad experience, and and 
please people don't mix beer and and liquor if you're gonna drink stick to one yeah and and, and don't mix it yeah it's yeah. not worth it yeah only only mix water drink water between drinks that helps that helps all right. So when did you jump into craft beer? Was it, I mean, you obviously, um, you, you started drinking some, uh, I mean, Mickey's, I don't, gosh, Mickey's has not been around for a long time as far as I know. I, I remember those those drinks back in the in the 80s and 90s, but I can't, I don't think I can find any Mickey's these days, but. Uh, but I'm going to send you one with your. Uh, no, 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 please don't. No. <laughs> I think you're just shopping at the wrong stores, man. Oh, <laughs> wow. You're not in the ghetto, Danny. Okay, okay, you're, okay, good point, good point. All right, well, well, what? when did you jump into craft beer? I, I jumped, uh, I, I made my move to craft beer when I had a Dos Equis. And okay. I know Dos Equis is not a craft mm-hmm. beer, but um, he, here's the scenario, trying to make it real quick. Uh, living in California, visiting Me- uh, Mexico with the family, um, realizing that Coronas are actually the worst beer you can actually drink <laughs> in Mexico. Okay, Coronas are basically um, what's the worst beer in in, in, Amer- in, in the states? Uh, Paps, uh, Milwaukee. No, Milwaukee. Milwaukee's um, best big light flats is big flat. Big heard flats. Of- uh, I never heard of that one. Exactly. Okay. It's the only thing you can find at Walmart. Right? <laughs> a Walgreens or Walmart. Corona is like the worst thing you can drink. And, and I found this out because um, price-wise was when I ordered uh, a Corona compared to my Dos Equis with the $2 difference. So um, realizing that I'm drinking, my buddies are drinking Coronas and I'm the one buying Dos Equis, which is a higher priced beer compared to uh, Bohemia and uh, Modelo Negro. Okay. Uh, it's when I start changing my taste and 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 um, enjoying the flavors of beer. But before that, I was a big, huge whiskey Jack Daniels guy. Okay. Um. Jack Daniel, I mean, don't tell the wife, but I named my kids Daniel and Jack for a reason. Oh, oh no way! <laughs> Is that wow? You just let my uh, you just let us into a little secret that uh, that's some, my that's oldest, some golden nuggets my, there. My oldest is Daniel, my youngest is Jack, and I kind of flipped it, and now she realizes why. <laughs> okay, but I, I do have a huge collection of Jack Daniels. Um, I'm a big Jack Daniels connoisseur. I, I go from um, I, I'll order stuff that I can't get in California because of the um, alcohol content in it. Okay. And I'll try to get it sent over to me. I have a liquor cabinet dedicated just to Mr. Daniels himself. Wow. And these these I love these Jack bottles Daniels. actually they actually have uh, alcohol in them, right? You're, these are ones that you're. Do you save? I buy two. I buy one. I buy one to drink and one to save. Oh wow! Okay. okay. I have a uh, 20, 2011 um, holiday select, and I've had one already. And I purchased two of the Frank Sinatra's Jack Daniels. I actually were out a year before they were in California because of the content. Mm-hmm. I, I, I purchased two. And had them shipped to my address. Had one. And the thing is, what I appreciate about Jack Daniels is my father actually enjoys whiskey as well. 
So I, I, I really enjoy him popping one open. My dad's 76 years old. And, you know, we're only here for so long. Yeah. Enjoy, enjoy the time you're here, guys. Yeah. Enjoy the people around you. So I let him open it. And I, I tell him, this is for you, Pops. Pop it open. Let's have fun. So yeah. he'll open it. You know, whenever you come see the kids, that's your cabinet, Pops. Open it and, and do what you want. He hates the beers that I drink, uh, which, which is good for me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think Jack Daniels is keeping my dad alive. So Okay. Um, okay. Um, it's... It's just the time that I sit down with with my father and, and, and enjoy a nice nightcap of of Sinatra or 2011, the holiday or the new series that are coming out, the ones in two and, and the three. It's it's just amazing just to sit down with him and and then him actually tell me how relaxed he feels when he yeah. has a sip of, of JD, um, and then knowing that. My 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 gente, which is my people, are are tequila people, mm-hmm. you know. And my father's not a tequila kind of guy; he's a whiskey kind of guy. Mm. And that attracts me to. It, it kind of pulled me away from from the lighter beers into the darker beers. So I know Newcastle and and, and Guinness is not considered mm-hmm. a craft beer. Yeah, they're imports, but that's what. That's what pulled me towards the craft movement was me drinking Guinness and my buddies drinking Bud Light. Yeah. And Coronas. Yeah. And then then not drinking my 12-pack, so I have a 12-pack for myself and making my beer last longer. <laughs> and, and then from there, it's just expanding my horizons where, okay – her Guinness is good, but is there anything better? Yeah. Yeah. So you you know what, Robert, your your journey is not unlike other people's journeys that get into the craft movement that we know of today. A lot of people did start out with going jumping from the American macro domestic offerings and jumping into something that was brought in uh, imported in from outside the, the States. That could be a Mexican beer. It could be a Canadian beer. It could be an English beer. And uh, a lot of people have, or an Irish beer even, like you mentioned, a lot of people did start their journey away from American macro domestic beer from an import. So you're not you're, you're not that far away from what you know, one of the one of the avenues to get into drinking something different than what everyone else is drinking. So, uh, hey, that I, I can understand that. I have a lot of friends that that their first uh, drink away from Bud or Bud Light was uh, Newcastle Brown. And there's a lot of people that really enjoyed that, and I have a lot of people that that uh, that also like. You know, I, I don't really except the Corona and, you know, I'm not a big Corona. I, I don't drink Corona at all. It tastes like piss to me. Uh, that's my, I never tasted piss. So I'm, a, I'm just assuming it tastes like piss because that's what I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, Too late, Daddy. Too yeah, late. yeah. But, um, but no, it's not, it's not uncommon. There, there was people back in, in the early days that like, uh, one of the, one of the big ones that was a big, like Molson gold, Molson gold was a big Canadian import that people, 
went to. And also Moosehead. Moosehead Lager was a one that people went to that, that went away from the, the American beer to something that was a little bit different that had more flavor. So, so yeah, your, your journey is okay. Now, how, how far was it from the time you went from the imports to an, actually an American? When, what was your first American craft beer that you remember drinking? You know, one from the breweries that here. First you know, American. Yeah, first American. First American craft beer was um, Sam Adams. Sam Adams? Okay. Which, you remember if it was a, we, a Boston Lager or which one? Boston Lager were out to dinner at, everybody knows, uh, what is it, um, uh, Outback Steakhouse? Okay, yeah. They had a summer ale. It was uh, the summer of 19... Uh, I'm just kidding, guys. I don't remember the year. <laughs> it, it, it was a supper ale. I was having a steak and a blooming onion. Who doesn't order a blooming onion? Oh, everyone does. And uh, yeah. the waiter, the 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 waiter request. Um, I asked him, "What do you have that's craft that's not domestic or import?" And he said, "I have Boston Lager." And he brought me a Boston Lager, and it, it complemented that onion perfectly. Okay. And that's when I started realizing that craft beer can actually make food taste better. I'm mm-hmm. a food guy, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a question later on about food, but we'll get to that in a minute. So can I can I take it then that your your first American craft beer was a positive experience? It was an amazing experience. Okay, good. That's what I want to hear. That's that's awesome. Now after you started, after you realized that Boston Lager w- was actually a good beer, you started drinking stuff. Is there a beer that became your go-to beer shortly after you started joining in the craft beer revolution? Was was the Boston Lager your go-to beer, or did you find another beer that you just always found that you wanted to drink? You know, no, another American craft beer you wanted to drink. If you ever invite me to your home, I oh. will bring a 12-pack or 24-pack of DBA Firestone Walker. Wow, I can buy it here. You don't have to. I'll I'll provide it for you. Don't worry about that. That is that is the beer that opened the doors to me and anybody around me, and basically opened their eyes to that craft beer is actually good beer. Okay. Hey, that you know what? That's I mean, that's fantastic because that is a brewery again, California brewery. So uh, I know a lot of our listeners that are in other states may not have experienced Firestone Walker. In fact, even here in my state, it was only a few years ago we got Firestone Walker into Idaho. So I'm going, I'm a I'm a fairly new um, convert to the Firestone Walker brand, and I was, I mean, all the people I saw, you know logging and talking about Firestone Walker beers, I was just drooling, and now I'm able to enjoy those beers myself in my area. So I understand that, that yeah, when you get a good beer, uh, you want to drink it up, and definitely the, the DBA is, is a good beer. That's a, that's a good one to be your go-to beer. Now, you've already told us one story in one of your listener questions about how you can't uh, really drink wheat beers away from home. But do you, <laughs> besides that story... Are we going there? No, besides that story, is there any other funny stories you have about about you know any kind of uh, you know fun story you had while while drinking or whatever? It doesn't have to be you know messy like that. It could be something just fun. Uh, a fun story is uh, getting my wife into enjoying beer at a 
just enjoying beer normally. Uh, I don't know if it's, I mean, do I sound? Okay, my wife, she's not a beer drinker. She's not a really alcoholic consumer. Is that the, is that the right term? She's, um, once I started into my craft beer journey, um, she wanted to be part of it. And, and a lot of times she doesn't like what I drink. It, what I drink, uh, stouts are... It starts her my enjoyment in life, let's just say. Um, but she tries every, she has a sip of every beer that I drink. And it's uh, what I, let's just say what I enjoy that she found her niche. Mm-hmm. And her niche is um, this whole apple beer craze. <laughs> okay. That's called this apple movement because it kind of reminds her of a cider. Yeah. But it still has the alcohol content and it's a little sweeter, depending if it's of a dryer or, or not. Mm-hmm. But I think that's to your question. Um, I'm, I'm already buzzing as hell, so I really don't. <laughs> uh, uh, no, no problem. No problem. So, does it, but. So your your wife has gravitated towards the apple beer type style. Is there other styles that she can can actually enjoy, or is she pretty much not like any kind of craft beer? She just leaves that to you, and she sticks to the more apple-y stuff. She it's it's the beer it's it's the malt of the beer that mm-hmm. the, the the malt or barley depending on what you're drinking. It's what pulls her away. It's the bitterness, the uh, the tartness. Um, my wife, she's beautiful. She's sweet. So <laughs> sweet, she enjoys it. She's not mean. She's not evil. So if it's tart and sour, it's not her. It's not her forte. And yeah. I still, I still love that. I can still drink her beer and and log it in it into that. And, and make it part. <laughs> and make it part of. Oh, that. come on, man! You're stealing. You're stealing check-ins. That's so low. Well, I'm not. It's not stealing a check-in because I'm pouring myself a glass and I'm <laughs> drinking it. You know, because I, I need to be part of my wife's life as well. Okay. Okay. <laughs> See, and, and John's laugh tells me he's. I'm right. Uh, uh, hey, it's all good. Whatever. <laughs> what? So. No, no, no. Okay. We're, we're all good here. I think we're all feeling pretty good from all these beers. Dude, so, uh, uh, <laughs> may I say my my uh, my son just brought me a refill, and it's a, a Nikasi Brewing Company vanilla mm-hmm. Otis. Otis, yes. Otis stout with vanilla. Ah, it's awesome beer. I love that beer. Good. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, your boy is well trained. I just recorded. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> we're being recorded. <laughs> <laughs> so uh you you've, you've mentioned that you have uh friends now that that have converted with you to to craft beer you mentioned dba has, has been something that's helped uh do you have a, a gateway beer that you recommend for people if they're looking to get into into craft a, a gateway beer will be um dba um you see the billboards of uh 805 stay away from 805 805 is actually um the Corona of craft beers, I think. <laughs> what What is 805? I don't see billboards. 
805 is by Firestone Walker as well. Oh, and really? It's a, it's a uh, you haven't had 805? No. Think about DBA watered down. Okay. It's a session. It's a session then, DBA then. I don't think it's a session. I really don't know the ABV on it. But uh, 805, I think it's more of a Southern California style beer. The uh, billboards are surfers and mechanics and uh, graffiti artists. And uh, it's, it's, it, it kind of, you look at the billboard, you're like, oh, wait, that's me right there. And that's what they're trying to gravitate to is getting the community part of the 805. I, I really don't know what 805, 805 area code here is um, either Valencia or, or uh, Riverside, but I'm not that sure. Um, Joe Jimbo can maybe correct me. <laughs> but 805 is what you bring in a – let's say 805, you bring two 12-packs to a party, and DBA, you bring one 12-pack because everybody's going to give you a high five. So what would you say your favorite style is to, to drink? I see you all over the place on your check-ins, but what what would you what would be your go-to? I'm a I'm a uh, I'm a man of many faces, and I enjoy anything that is brewed. Um, honestly, I, I stouts, stout supporters. Um, honestly, I, I I can't really. I love pilsners. Pilsners are, are so complex. They're not complex as a stout is, but if, if you can make a pilsner taste better than a Budweiser or a Miller or let, let's say, for instance, um, uh, Boss Point has this amazing um, pills or or uh, what's that guy's name? Um, oh, shoot, uh, is it uh, Oscar Oscar Blues? Little oh yeah, Little pills. Yeah, oh yeah, oh, dude. Yeah. A pilsner can go so far at a barbecue. Yeah, no, pilsners are are, are great beers, and there's there's a lot more to them than people think. So it's, and um, they, they mean, can be happy, they can be malty, they can be all over the place. So, uh, and that's but, what I like about pilsners is that. I can have a stout. Okay, the stout can be different. It can be uh, heavy in the coffee, half heavy on the vanilla. It can be a uh, um, a stout can go so many ways. Uh, a pilsner can can. It's just. I, I think it takes a certain taste bud or a certain person to really enjoy a a pilsner for what it really is. And isn't pilsner like? Like one of the original beers that that were crafted, or am I just talking out of my butt? Well, it's it's a very popular German style, um, so I'm sure it's one of the first that you know was becoming popular. There's all kinds of Euro- different European styles of pilsner, so so if everybody kind of did their own their own thing with it. And, and okay, so what is it that okay? <sighs> I can't say I can't say so much about Pilsner. I okay, Pilsners. I, I did go to a uh, what you would call a uh, Oktoberfest. Okay. And every beer at an Oktoberfest was basically, I think, ninety percent of the beers that I drank <laughs> were Pilsners. That's not a true Oktoberfest, then, right? <laughs> 
Well, you know, let me finish. Two, okay. maybe two percent was uh, ales. I'm fucking drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're probably. I mean, a, a true Oktoberfest is is going to serve up some Marzen style. Uh, well, maybe a couple pilsners in there, here and there. But what do you think, John? Come on, John. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, an Oktoberfest is also a lager. Um, yeah. So, and you know, depending on how they're marketing it to to people, but yeah, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if there were some pilsners, but I, I'd be I'd uh, expect to see more Oktoberfest Martin style or or Hellas. Um, well, yes, yeah, okay. Focus okay. on a little more malt than than a pilsner does. Okay, so. then I'm drunk. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> so now, now we'll get some real honest answers from you because uh, we, <laughs> Let's do we it. Have bring it, bring it, buddy. Far. I'm another um, book. So, so you, you say you say you like anything brewed, but come on, there has to be something you don't like. So, what, what's your what's your least favorite beer style? What would what would you turn your nose up at if if somebody tried to get you to drink one? Um, honestly, John, um, uh, let's go back to my first IPA. Um, thanks to the Gamers Pub, I was coached into IPAs. IPAs are basically like the hardest beer you can actually um, grow or enjoy into. And so what I did is I went out to a store and I picked up four types of IPAs um, by different breweries. I picked up one from Race Race Five, mm-hmm. uh, one from uh, Figueroa Mountain Brewery. Uh, I got a um, because uh, Danny talks about them so much. Uh, Widmere's uh, IPA Sessional IPA with a white label. Okay. And I picked up an IPA from I think the IPA uh, the fourth IPA was a IPA from um, I can't even remember. I think it was a Stone <laughs> IPA. Um, okay. The first IPA that I had was a Razor Five, which was the worst mistake I've ever did <laughs> because it was a non-filtered IPA, and it, I I couldn't finish the bottle. I poured the bottle out. And what? It, and it, let me be honest with you. I, I I poured half of the bottle. They were all bombers. I filled my my glass up, my pints. Remember the pint glasses that I was posting up with the uh, forty cast? Yeah, and, yeah. And other podcasts. I special ordered all these pint glasses. This is when I started becoming a uh, a huge uh, craft beer drinker. Um, I poured it out. I drank half, and 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 tapped out on the race for five. And uh, I poured it in my sink. Oh my gosh! And then I had a, I had a huge uh, um, what would the term be? Um, uh, I felt very disappointed that that I didn't give it a second chance. And maybe some of my my uh, questions to you guys were second chances to beers. And as I kept going into the the other three beers that were left, I realized that IPAs uh, IPAs are very they're very hard to get to, and and IPAs are not the the it's a 
the bitterness of it. Yeah. Actually, actually, yeah. Here, here's what what I understood about IPAs was learning the history of an IPA and and where it came from and and how it came to be, and realizing that the reason why the hops were doubled or what have you for it to make it across the ocean to India for the troops gave me more respect for the beer. So that helped you uh, push through and, and kind of learn to, to appreciate the, what, what can be really aggressive, uh, especially compared to other beers. So and, that, yes. And, 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 and not to Vic Joe where his, his is all about IPAs. I give every beer the fair chance now, and I give it a, a double—not um, even a double. I'll go back and, and give it a second chance because it deserves a, a second chance. Because maybe it, it, be, the way you drink beer has a lot to do with the way you're feeling. If you're upset, if you're happy, if you're moody, if you're had a bad day at work, everything has to do the way. Everything has to do with the way you enjoy your beer. You know, and and you don't, uh, like I said, I'm drunk. <laughs> no worries, you're good. But uh, but yeah, um, I think it's it's good that uh, you know you start giving things a second chance. That's something we talk about, you know, a lot, especially as you're as you're learning and you you're trying out new stuff. I mean, that everything's going to have a, a new you know kind of profile to it that you're not that you're not accustomed to. So. You know, get, going back to something, even if it wasn't right the first time, you you may, you know, grow to grow to find something that that becomes something you really enjoy. So. But see, the thing is that I enjoy everything. I enjoy pilsners, sours, stouts, pil, um, porters, ales. Um, it everything has opened a door for me. And the thing is that I I think the only thing that closes the door for me is the way brewers make that type or style of beer it, it kind of pushes you away because it's like what were you thinking like rogue and their sriracha yeah exactly you know it, uh, obviously it's gimmick right so everything is sriracha now uh you go to a restaurant they put sriracha on your on, on your food and and now it's in my beer it's like come on bro really I don't really want to start with sriracha in it. Yeah, I agree. These peppers, <laughs> these these hot, spicy porters, why are we doing something that's spicy? I'm already eating a plate that's spicy. I don't need to add <laughs> spiciness to that. You know, it's like... Uh, yeah, it's it's a okay. gimmick. It's a it's a gimmick, Robert. No, no problem. I, I also agree that... Uh, Sometimes these things just get out of hand, and there's no there's no reason for that type of beer, in my opinion. I, and I haven't even tried it. I refuse to try it because I just think it, it's ridiculous. But uh, one, one I last... won't I won't touch it. You love it? I'm sorry. <laughs> one one last question, Robert. Do you have? I mean, you've already mentioned that you are really into food, and that you enjoy. I mean, you, you're a food connoisseur and you're a beer connoisseur. So what is your favorite food-beer combination? If you had one meal and one beer to mix together, what would that be? Uh, 
a nice New York T-bone steak with a, I think it's a 1955 uh, New Belgium. Is that oh, yeah, the, the dark lager. Yeah, the black lager. Dark, yes, those two combinations. No A1 sauce, guys. Stay away from that stuff. No, no, yeah. Salt, pepper. <laughs> Get a nice T-bone steak, maybe two inches thick. Throw that on your grill. Salt and pepper. Uh, two minutes on one side, flip it over. Two minutes on the on the other side. Throw a baked potato, and get that bottle of beer. And and and, and don't even pour in a glass. Drink it straight <laughs> up out of the bottle. That's heaven for me. Okay. Those two items together, it's like the perfect combination. And 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 Steve one nine in on Twitter or. On the on PlayStation, mm-hmm. he's the one. That, here's the thing: I was at Bevmo. I don't know if there's Bevmos in in your areas. And I tweeted out, "I'm making the steak. What's the best beer to have?" And he's the one that told me, "Get this New Belgium. Is it, what is it? A 1555 or yeah, 1950? yeah, it's 1555, and it's he uh, said the get the a 50, 50, He he said get a 1555, and it's sad that I don't remember the freaking numbers. Um, Get that, he said. Stay away from the A one sauce. This will make it perfect. And and he was so right. And it just amazed me that a beer can complement my steak to perfection. Oh, you know what? That is fantastic advice. And I just might use that advice on my next steak because, hey, I'm 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 wor- I'm willing to try anything. And if now I've got your suggestion along with steve's suggestion I, we can't go wrong so i really appreciate that insight all right robert hey uh that's all i'm going to ask you for right now we're going to go into some uh, some news articles but hey let's I, do it yeah i want to thank you for being honest with us and letting us into some of your experiences in the craft beer in your craft beer journey and, uh, hey, we're going to keep learning from you as we go on and as you write into the show and ask questions. I'm sure we're going to find out even more about your great history in, in drinking beer and, and what you want to learn about. So I really appreciate you being honest with us. All right. I just want to say I want to thank thank you guys for what everything you do. Oh, well, no problem, Robert. That's why we're here. We're here to help you and everyone else. Out on their beer journey. Let's okay, move it. Let's, let's move it. Let's move on because I, I know Robert, you've been up a long time, so I don't want to keep you up any later. But we're, we just want to talk about a couple news articles, and the first article we're going to talk about was just released yesterday, last night. John brought it to my attention this morning, and I was totally caught by surprise. And this is uh, I'm, I'm getting this article off of the full pint, and it is. Uh, Firestone Walker Brewing makes investment deal with the Devel Mord Mordgott. Whatever, it's the it's the, it's the the company that owns uh, Devel. And uh, at first, we were under the assumption that they that Devel, a Belgian uh, company that also has a a, a U.S. Um, I don't know what what are they? I, I guess a U.S. company that that has a a beer craft beer uh, presence um, they had at first we heard they acquired or bought out uh, Firestone Walker 
from California, the, fire, the same Firestone Walker that uh, that Robert was talking about being his favorite beer and the beer he's drinking on the show, the 18th anniversary. Uh, they they bought him out. A Belgian company bought him out. And this is interesting news coming from all the recent news about Anheuser-Busch buying different companies like Elysian and Tin Barrel. Of course, they bought Goose Island many years ago. And all the uproar about big beer industry buying the small craft brewery, taking them over and and trying to you know taint you know make them all tainted and 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 ruin craft beer. Well, here's a little different twist on the whole story, because this company is not a macro American craft brewery that makes billions and billions of dollars a year. This is a smaller, more independent company. I mean, it's still a corporation. They still brew a lot of beer. Um, I believe uh, I looked up their numbers for 2014, and Develle in Europe produced 2.8 million hectoliters, which is the equivalent of, of about, I think it, if I did the math correctly, it's about 2.3 um, or, or 200, wait, what was it? 2.3 million barrels in American barrels. So they're still considered under the 6 million barrels per year. And I, and I don't know how that. I mean, I'm assuming even though they're a foreign company, if they're under the the six million, they can still be considered craft beer. And in fact, the Devel USA brand is is tracked under the uh, Craft Beer Association numbers as a independent craft brewery. But um, let me just read a little bit of this of this story here. Um, this was updated today. It says, 17 hours after we posted this, David Walker of Firestone Walker reached out to me regarding the headline, Firestone Walker Brewing has been acquired by DeVale Morgat. He said the headline was causing trouble. And if we had any questions, please send them his way. And after they uh, asked David Walker and Simon Thorpe of DeVale flat out if this was an acquisition or a sale, it was uh, they weren't given a, a, a denial, admittance or denial. It was like still up in the air. So we don't know exactly what's going on. So when pressed, Mr. Walker, when they pressed him harder, he said, "Hey, um, it is more of an investment than an acquisition." So this means that Devell, they didn't necessarily buy out Firestone Walker, but they infused the company with money to help them. I'm assuming to help them expand their brand. Um, that's the way I'm taking it. Okay, so basically, let me read the the initial uh, news release about Firestone Walker. It says they were just announced that they have been invested by Devell Morgat, and this is the third American-based craft brewery that Devell has acquired. The other two are uh, the brewery Omergang, which we've talked about on the show, and also Boulevard Brewing, um, which I didn't realize that they were bought out by this company years ago. Um, which is surprising. It's it's a a brewery out of Missouri I, or Kansas City. No, shoot, now I can't remember. I think it's Missouri. Um, um, both these breweries make very good beers, and they both have some very enjoyable Belgian style ales. And this is where is I understand why a Belgian brewery would want to acquire some American Belgian you know breweries that 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 do a good style. Uh, in, in, in the same beers that they make is because, you know, hey, they, they got something in common. 
this is where it gets kind of confusing because I don't understand why DeVell would want to acquire Firestone Walker, who ne- doesn't necessarily have, in my opinion, a huge Belgian beer uh, portfolio. But again, I don't get all the beers they they get in my area, so maybe they do have a, a decent selection. Yeah, I've never really come across anything other than a saison from them that would that could be could approach Belgian, but. At the same time, they produce very high quality beer all yes. around in their yes. portfolio, so that would have anybody's interest, you know, yeah. in terms of wanting to to be a part of it. Yeah, so um, that's that's where I'm going to end on the the reading this news article. So basically, that's the whole story: a Belgian company smaller than the six million barrel limit that requires by the American Craft Brewers Association to limit you know, to say what's a craft brewery. So in reality, even if this brewery firestone walker was purchased by devel they would still be considered a craft brewery because they still fall under that limit well i'm not sure if that's completely true um because the duval um work group actually is uh, owns quite a few brands across europe Mm -hmm. uh, duval being one of them yeah uh so the production of Duval might fall underneath that, but if you start including everything that they own, you you might start pushing out. And they they actually uh, own the uh, Shoof, which uh, is uh, imported to to the U.S. and they have some really good stuff. And something that that we talked about on the last episode, uh, which I I just noticed Leaf- as part of their portfolio, yeah. Leafmans. Yeah, I saw so, that too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I still don't know if that's distributed here, but uh, you know that's something to keep an eye out for if you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, I think you're right. I those were smaller breweries, and so um, I think they. I mean, I don't think they. I mean, the, you're right. The numbers I got were most likely for Devel. Devel. I don't even know how, how do you say it. Devel. What's I've the proper? Said Duval. Duval. I don't, I don't okay, know Duval. Um, they. Uh, you're right. They, those ones probably would add to it. I even added in. So if you added last year's production of Boulevard, it was one hundred and eighty-eight thousand barrels. And you add in the other one that they bought, Cooperstown uh, Omegang, that was forty-four thousand uh, barrels. So to combine those, you know, that's that's still like less than two hundred thirty thousand barrels plus the 2.3 that's still way under i mean i don't think the other ones are producing four million barrels right those are smaller breweries so i think they're still well under the six million cap with even with those other brands under them because those other brands under them they were still like i looked at the 2014 top 50 um craft breweries and uh the the usa developed the uh, Duval, they were still listed at whatever. I can't remember what they were, like six or whatever. They were still listed pretty high, and they were listed on the, the uh, American Craft Brewers Association uh, top 50. So they're still considered part. And, and, and Firestone Walker definitely is not going to put them over that. I don't think they produce... No, they, they wouldn't be close. But yeah. I'm, I'm curious how the, uh, the arrangement is there or the U.S., portion of, of Duval. I wonder if that those numbers are really are separate? just plus Amagang. Okay, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I don't know. 
I'd have to dig deeper into to that that arrangement. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know either. You're right. That that could be. It. They could only be looking at those two breweries, but I would assume they look at the whole portfolio because that's what. I mean, that's. I mean, I'm assuming that's what they look at when they look at AB InBev. Is they're not just looking at the American portion of it. They're looking at everything because it's a foreign. They company. would only have to look at the American to to put oh, it over. Okay. So. Okay. <laughs> well, regardless, um, this is interesting. It's interesting because is this the future of craft beer? Are the bigger, let's say Sierra Nevada or New Belgium or Lagunitas, even though Lagunitas is still down on the list a little bit, but let's just say, you know, Sam Adams or or uh, Sierra Nevada or New Belgium. Let's say they decide that they want to go ahead and acquire smaller breweries and bring them into their portfolio they're not gonna you know they're, they're gonna keep the name they're gonna just you know acquire them and say yeah now now uh um russian river is now part of sierra nevada we bought them out um is that is that the trend for the future are we gonna see that we're gonna get c- conglomerations of craft breweries that are gonna to band together to expand their capacities and get their you know you know get their beers out to a wider distributorship. Or I mean, what do you think, John? You think that might be the the future of craft beer? And that wouldn't surprise me if we start to see some of that. And, and you know, we have seen examples of that. I mean, Green Flash uh, bought out mm-hmm. Alpine. Yeah, um, yeah. Bulls and Diego breweries that so. You know, I mean, there's precedent for it, and you know, Sierra Nevada is enormous. I mean, if you look at, you know, their the value of the company, I mean, they they certainly could be in a position where they could uh, start acquiring uh, other breweries. Yeah. So, I mean, I I don't think it's far fetched, and I, I would not be shocked if it started happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially as we you know we have this huge explosion, and we've got you know over three thousand breweries. I mean, yeah. Eventually, that's going to start collapsing a bit. Yeah. So, yeah. can I can I add to this, uh, Denny? Yeah, go ahead, Robert. Um, as a business as a business aspect of it all, um, let's say you're a, a brewer and you do have your own individual brewery. If if a bigger brewery came in and said, "Hey, Denny, I give you ten million, what would you do?" Well, I would uh, sell. I mean, that's what these brewers are doing, right? I mean, they're doing the same thing. I mean, I read that's a lot. Of, I read a lot of articles about when uh, you know breweries reached their the, the, like the people that start these breweries. They started at let's say fifty years old, and they run it from twenty years. Now they're seventy years old. They're looking for their exit strategy. They need to get out of the you know they can't go continue this business forever. So. Instead of them selling it to the the employees or whatever, they end up selling it to the the someone bigger, right? That can take over and and do it. The, and that's the key the, word. The key word in this conversation is business. Yes. And the reason why you get in business into opening a brewery, like for instance, I'm a founding member for a brewery that hasn't even opened yet. That's in the process of opening. It's about business, and it's mm-hmm. because you want the best for your family. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's something it's, a lot of craft beer drinkers forget because we, we get caught up in 
you know, the, the passion of the artisanal and the small batch stuff. And we forget that, you know, these are businesses that need to earn money and they need to mm-hmm. be able to pay their employees so the yeah. employees can take care of their families. And, yeah. you know, the, it's easy to get caught up in the, the idealized image of it all. For instance, um, but, but at the end of the day, it is a business. And, you know, these guys that are there to make money, that's for instance, the whole point. My job, I work 15 hours a day. It's basically like running my own business. If another company came in and said, hey, Robert, I'll give you so much to run your business, and I can retire from that, basically, would I choose it? Yes. It's, I guess, it's a business. That's Mm -hmm. all it is. Yes, it's craft beer, but at the end, it's always the reason why they're selling it to you. It's for a profit. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I think the problem comes is when there's breweries and there's people that don't look at it as a business. They look at it as a way of life, that this is a culture, that craft beer is is a movement and a culture that you don't want to just give up. You don't want to sell out to corporations, right? I think that if you have the option to be able to sell your business – your craft brewery business to another craft brewery, I think people would be more apt to do that than, you know, to sell it to a, a big beer thing or, you know, like, like AB InVev. The biggest problem with AB InVev is AB InVev is a huge global corporation. They want to cut costs. They want to, you know, get the lowest prices and make everything just right. Well, then you, when you start cutting costs, then they start saying, hey, you can save money by going with this vendor than this vendor. Now you got to change your hops or change your wheat or change whatever ingredient. Now, guess what? You have to adapt your beer recipe to the wheat or the hops or whatever is being brought in for the cheaper value because the corporation is telling you, no, you got to cut your cost. Do it or you're out. And so they're forced. And that's what I think most of the artesian craft brewing you know, companies, you know, Stone, Lagrinitas, you know, those are the two biggest proponents of fight, fighting against big beer is they don't want to lose that, you know, that type of artesian uh, aspect of brewing craft beer. They don't want to be told they have to cut costs and they have to use this product. If it's an inferior product, it's going to change the taste of their beer, thus making their beer not what it was when they you know, first created it. So, um, yeah, it's money, but there's, but Hey, money can only go so far. You can get money maybe in a, in a, a way that's going to still help the, the craft beer industry and not, uh, help squash it. And that's what they, they believe is that by selling out to AB InVev, it's, they're just allowing craft breweries to be, you know, squashed and, and not, uh, be as prominent, as they could be if they weren't being controlled by a big com- corporate entity. So, I, th- I think at the end, people need to understand that it's a business, and there's a reason why you're in business is because yeah. you want to make money. No, of course, of course, but but there's also people that are in business not to necessarily want to make money. But if you like, for example, you you need to go read 
the book that um, you know how to start a, a craft brewery by Tony McGee, the one that John and I read, um, and you'll learn that hey, uh, he wasn't making money for many 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 years. Everything that he that that was created by Laguanitas was done out off his back, off of his mortgaging his home, off of trying to get. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, it 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 wasn't about making money. It was about getting his beer out there and and keeping up with the what he what his what his dream was and getting good beer out to people. And it wasn't about the money. Tony McGee is not going to ever sell his brewery to a big corporate. If he does, then the, then the guy is a super hypocrite and, and I'll, I'll, I'll say it on the air, but I don't think he will because everything he did for 20 years. Well, I don't know if it's been 20 years for 15 years or so has been, I mean, literally almost breaking him financially. It wasn't for the money. It was because of the passion, because of the art that he was doing. And he sticks by that. So it's not all about money. You don't. Most of these craft breweries that open up, these thirty-five hundred craft breweries, they're not doing it for the money. They're doing it because they love the craft. They love the art of crafting beer. Now, if it turns Danny, out but, to, but yeah, you said thirty-five hundred. Yeah. Thirty-five hundred craft breweries. Yeah, there's a is lot. Is it of really them. for the? Is it really for the passion? Yeah, I mean. I'm, I'm obviously I'm being biased as I'm I'm looking at two bottles that are on my desk as we're speaking. One is Firestone and one is uh, Nikasi. Mm-hmm. And which one which one of these two is in it for the money, and which one is it? Are these two is in it for the passion? Both are in for the passion. There's no doubt in my mind that either of those breweries they don't do it because they just want to make money. If they wanted to do do it for that, then their whole uh, mission statement would be completely different. Um, and I, don't, and I, I neither one is is in for the money. They, I, really I mean, hope, they they want to make money, but they're I really not. Hope, yeah, I really hope you're right. No, I I'm pretty sure. I I believe Firestone Walker. They only want this investment, this infusion of money, to help expand their capabilities. When Boulevard. Uh, got um, you know acquired by uh, Deval, Deval. They um, now have capacity up to six hundred thousand barrels. They're only producing one hundred forty-four thousand right now, or one hundred eighty-eight thousand, I guess. So they still they, they got money to to invest their capacity. That eventually they're going to go up to six hundred thousand barrels. Danny, Danny, let, let me ask you a good question. You're a big, uh, 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 what's that brewery? Goose Island? No, 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 I, no. Goose Island. I mean, I'm not a big Goose Island fan. I'm a my 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 brewery fans are Lagunitas, Deschutes, um, and Stone. Those are my three big. Uh, if if I pick the three big ones, those are the ones I really enjoy. Okay, for so for a listener that's listening to this right now, if you're a big Goose Island consumer has it changed from you since ab picked it up to before i, I mean I, I have heard that yes it's changed that ab has the, forced them to use different materials that and there's the answer the- uh, danny i work for 
a major snack salty food company. We are not nationwide. We are worldwide. Mm-hmm. And from what I'm seeing, I've been with this company 18 years. I've been on this earth 37 of those years. And 18 of them were has been me slaving for this company. <laughs> and I've seen the difference between five years within the company when I let's just say I loved working for my company and now it's just another page. And, yeah. and I hate to say that, but that's the way corporate company, that's the way corporate has made it happen. That's what's going on. And, and, and it's sad to say, and, and what scares me is that McLeod 818 brewing in Canoga park, all these breweries that are local to me, are they going to, is this something that's going to happen to them where to the point where they're going to be consumed by a major corporate company, a nationwide company, and then obviously they cut on on the ingredients and use something that's similar but cheaper to produce faster and get it on the shelf faster. Yeah, it, it's only if they get consumed by AB InBev or a bigger company. I think if they are being consumed by other craft breweries or Sierra Nevada, for example, or Stone or New Belgium, those, those companies are going to keep the same mantra that they already keep. They're not going to, they're not going to change anything. But if you go for the big, huge global world ones, yeah, they're going to expect to, to be able to make, they want to, you know, cut costs and, and make money. That's their goal. And, yeah, I, I love Elysian. I mean, maybe the one you're thinking of is Elysian. I love Elysian Brewing out of Seattle. They still make great beer. Now, in two years from now, will I still appreciate their beer? I don't know. I, we'll have to wait and see if things change in two years. Same thing with Tin Barrel. I love Tin Barrel Brewing right here in my town. But now that they're owned by AB InVev, is it going to change? It might. And I might end up and, having to not drink them if it, and, if it changes. And and people need to understand that it doesn't only happen in craft beer it happens to american uh anheuser-busch was an american beer that's been purchased by an outside source Mm -hmm. people understand this it's not just craft it's domestic yeah it's it's all being taken over by imports and jesus christ i need to run for presidency (laughs) (laughs) all right well hey i think we kind of uh talked that whole article out let's um we're it's getting late and robert i know you've been up for a long time and i don't want to keep you up any longer so let's go ahead and roll into the the portion of the show where we are able to uh go ahead and lift our glasses up to people we want to you know raise our glass to give a little cheers a little toast and robert do you have anyone you want to raise your glass to? You want to toast your wife or toast, uh, you know, anyone special? My wife has been toasted since day one since she okay. said yes to me. Yes. But I'm raising my glass to Yo Jimbo, a.k.a. Not even a.k.a. David, a.k.a. Yes. Yo Jimbo. He is one of the um, – he's a, a local guy in my area that I still haven't sat and had a beer with. And that is disappointing. <laughs> And yo, Jimbo, I am challenging you to one day have, sit down and have a beer with me. But 
um, I raise my glass to Joe Jimbo for all the articles that he posts, and I read them, and I uh, I comment on them, and he doesn't understand. So, Joe Jimbo, you need to read these articles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he does post some great articles. I really – I mean, I read every one he posts, and we have a number of them listed on our show to talk about, but because we always seem to run long, that we, we keep putting them off. Eventually, we'll get through all the articles. Mm-hmm. My last toast is uh, actually I'm raising my glass now is to you, Danny, and and you, John, an appreciation of, of what you do. You take time out of your families and spending time with them to spend time with us, and I really appreciate that. And um, honestly, the only reason why I am as ethical and educated in the craft beer movement is because of you two, and I really appreciate you given this time to teach me and make me a uh, a better craft beer drinker. I appreciate that, and thank you guys. All right. Well, hey, I'll raise my glass to that, Robert. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, John, no John, who do you have to raise your glass to this week? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start out with uh, another listener, uh, Tim Price, who uh, has written into the show before at mm-hmm. asking – you know, I, I really like dark beers. What are some beers that I could I could try to kind of start to push the envelope a bit and, and expand my my craft beer palate? And uh, I noticed last week that he has started to rate some IPAs pretty highly oh, on Untapped. Nice. nice. So, cheers to Tim for for going out on a limb and starting to to push himself. And you know, he he's starting to starting to enjoy some <laughs> some other beers. So. Uh, kudos, and uh, I also want to thank Robert again for for coming on with us and and sending us the, these beers. They're really great, and you know, thank you for for coming on and and actually, you know, talking with us uh, apart from just the, the the Twitter and everything else, which is which is great. But it, it's uh, it takes it to another level when we can actually uh, you know hear each other. So it's an appreciation uh, for what you guys do, honestly. Yes, yes. Well, I, you know what, John, I also want to thank Robert. And, uh, you know, I, I do appreciate your generosity in sending us those beers. You went above and beyond what we ever expected anyone to do, and, and we appreciate it. And as you can tell, John and I both thoroughly enjoyed uh, all the beers that you sent us. So thank you. And, and, and wait thank- till Christmas. All right. I can't wait for Christmas. And, <laughs> and, and thank, you, thank you for joining us tonight. And taking time out of your family and of your busy work schedule to and to just talk beer with us, we really appreciate it. And I, I, uh, I, I just wanted to give my thanks and to raise my glass to you. Thank you, Robert. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, and my wife loves it. She's out to dinner with her friends. Oh, there you go. So it's a, it's a bonus all around. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I have another. Uh, toast i want to do i want to raise my glass to a local head brewmaster here at a local brewery called edge brewing uh it's a brewery that i really enjoy and in fact just uh last week i was there on tuesday enjoying some fine craft beer and some very good pub fair food um and the head brewmaster last friday suffered from um a boil over that uh, ended up uh, scolding her with hot uh, beer wart 
sticky, Ouch. sticky, gooey beer wart on uh, her right side of her body, all the way from her shoulder, all the way down to her leg. And she suffered second and third degree burns, got rushed because Boise doesn't have a local um, burn unit. She had to get flown all the way to Salt Lake City, Utah from Boise to get uh, get treated for these burns. Um, from what I understand, she's doing much better, but she's got a lot of surgeries she has to do- get done in order to do skin grafts to kind of repair some of those burns. And uh, I this weekend here in Boise area, there's a lot of fundraisers being done at local breweries and bars and, and growler filler stations and stuff to try to raise money to help her pay for some of these medical bills. Because right now, um, most of it's being paid from the workers' comp from the brewery. So, um, I mean, it's a sad thing. It's, it's just one of those things that can happen. Brewing beer, we take it for granted that, hey, we enjoy what we get at the uh, at that mouth of that bottle. But uh, there's a lot of risk involved in getting that beer to our mouth. So I just want to raise my glass to a, a fast recovery for Kerry Thomas, the head brewmaster of Edge Brewing here in Boise, Idaho. And uh, one last, yep, yep. Go ahead, Robert. May I ask? May I ask if, by any chance, if you can get a link or or what have you for donations towards her uh, wellness or bills at least? Okay. If you can post that on Twitter or on the website, so the listeners and myself can uh, help out. Ah, that's a good idea, Robert. Thank you. Yeah, there's a GoFundMe account uh, that I will. Uh, yeah, I'll link to the show notes here on this pod, on this uh, show, and as well, I'll send a link out on Twitter. That's a great, a great suggestion. I appreciate that. But yeah, she could she could really use the the assistance. And um, one last shout out. I raised my glass. My mom doesn't drink, but it's okay. It's her birthday today. And, Happy uh, birthday, Mom. Yeah, and she's uh, – I won't tell her her age. She might be embarrassed, not that she listens, but uh, I just want to raise my glass to my mom. Happy birthday. Um, and she shares a birthday with the opening of Walt Disney uh, – uh, Walt Disneyland. <laughs> so uh, I, I always 60. get – Yeah, I always get, I always get reminded by that. Um, but um, but yeah, so that's uh, uh, that's just a little little bit of tidbit there. Um, I again, um, I I want to raise my glass to all the military men and women out there that are protecting our freedoms, allowing John and I and Robert to uh, get on this mic and talk about craft beer. It's our freedom of speech. We wouldn't have these freedoms if it wasn't for all of our military men and women out there protecting them. I just want to raise my glass, and I want to big, give a big thank you to all of you. And, of course, Amen. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, Open Forum Radio. You know what? Um, openforumradio.com. Go visit them. See all the great podcasts we have to offer. Um, I raised my glass open forum radio because they provide the hosting space for us to host this podcast on. And they have a great network of podcasts, uh, a lot of gaming podcasts and some extra quicker stuff like movies. And of course uh, our podcast on beer. So go check out open for all the great podcast offerings that we have to offer. And, Oh, what else? Oh yeah. I can't forget to remind you guys of, the next episode, episode 27, we will be tasting the Victory Brewing Hop Devil IPA. Go out and get a six-pack. Um, it's a great beer. 
Um, it is not a beer that's offered in all 50 states, but it's offered in quite a few. And if it's not offered in your state, I apologize. But, uh, hey, listen along anyway and, and get some good tasting notes on this uh, fantastic uh, IPA from Victory Brewing out of Pennsylvania, I believe. Uh, I, just yeah. pulled, I just pulled that out of my butt. I'm pretty good. I'm not, I'm not too wasted yet. And uh, one last thing. Let's just say, hey, if you want to contact the show, you can reach us through email at taptocraft.gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter at taptocraft. And you can leave comments on the show post at openforumradio.com or on Google+. Just search for taptocraft. And Robert, how could people f- contact you or follow you if they wanted to on social media? If you want to give me all your negative content, uh, send it at <laughs> TPS Sponge on Twitter. That's T P S P O N G E on Twitter. I'm not going to give you my email. Okay. And I'm not going to give you my cell phone number. But <laughs> um, Smart man. the last thing I want to the last thing I want to say before you hear my voice is if we do have if you do have another person on community is. I want yo Jimbo. I want David. David, you need to do this. I need to. I've heard your voice before. I need you on this. <laughs> you are my buddy. You are my neighbor, and we haven't even met in person yet. <laughs> but honest to God, bro, when we do, I'm gonna make it well worth it. All I'm right. Gonna... Hey, that is a great invitation. It makes me want to come right over there right now, so you can make it worth it. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right i honestly denny i've taken off my shirt oh <laughs> hey you're podcasting like me it's hot in here that's right four that's bottles right. in <laughs> i'm sweating excellent all right well hey if you want to follow me personally on twitter instagram or untapped you can follow me at loose screw and on google plus at denny loose and john if our listeners want to follow you how can they do that on Twitter at Prime Brewing, Untapped Prime WA, and I write about beer and homebrewing at homebrewengineer.com. Excellent. Love it. All right. It's last call, especially for Robert. He's been cut off, and it's time to bring the show to a close. We want, <laughs> we want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show. We hope you were able to find something useful, and we welcome you to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. And also, as a note, I've uh, also included us on other media things like TuneIn. So, hey, if you've got an Xbox One and you have a TuneIn app, go ahead and subscribe to us on Xbox One. Make it make your life easy. Listen to us while you're playing video games. How easy is that? That'd be awesome. And just as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. And that's it for this episode. Now, remember... Friends don't let friends drink light yellow fizzy beer. Quality craft beer can be enjoyed by all. So spread the word and convert the beer ignorant. Wait, you wanted to add more? I just saw your note. You wanted to add one more thing? I'm sorry. <laughs> let, let me add one more thing. Uh, I, I've started this summer thing where it's called the Beer Fest Summer, where you play video games and you drink beer and you meet new people and oh, you yeah. hang out. Uh, I apologize, people. I haven't been on it because a lot of you don't participate in it. And I don't uh, know. Um, <laughs> um, if you, if you have. And the only reason is because I'm PlayStation 4 
only. I don't own an Xbox yet. Uh, that might be in the future. But if you have a PlayStation 4, download Rocket League. It's a soccer golf. Uh, it's a soccer game where you play with RC cars. Um, if you don't have it, download it now. It's free for this month. And I'm thinking in two months, I'm going to hold a Rocket League Gear Fest. Okay. So go and download it now, people. If you want to be part, I think I can only have eight people in the party. It's four versus four, soccer and beer and friends. It's all that matters. Yes, that sounds great. And I actually have. I downloaded that game. I haven't tried it yet, but... Um, I have downloaded it, so hey, I can actually join in on the uh, the beer fest activities uh, without having to steal your son's uh, identity. <laughs> John, can you <laughs> confirm? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I've also got all the free games, so I haven't tried it yet either. But so the people, listen, listeners, if you're listening now, Joe Jimbo and everybody else, <laughs> Tim, listen. You can play with Danny. Yeah. You can play with John, and and eventually you can play with me. Who right. really? Do you want you don't want to play with me, but you want to play with these two. Download it now before July is over, and I promise you, I will have a Rocket League beer fest for all of us, and we'll have fun. We'll be drunk and talking <laughs> shit, and 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 there you go. I'm sorry, I'm done. All right. Cut me off. Okay, you're cut off. Bill bartender. That's it. <laughs> pay your pay your tab. You're out. <laughs> yeah, pay your tab. Call a cab. Yeah. <laughs> of, uh, I'm fucking feeling real good. Yeah, you're feeling pretty good. I can tell. Yeah. I can't focus on <laughs> on my iPad or my phone or my keyboard or my glass. No, I'm just kidding. I'm 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 really good though. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Well, we're going to the Hawaiian Festival in in uh, in Culver City, Long Beach, actually. Okay. And, uh, they're gonna they're gonna have a Maui Brewing Company there. No way. Yes way. Oh. So that's why. That would be uh, awesome. Have you had their beer before? Yes. Yeah. I, I have family in, in Maui that live in Maui, and I haven't visited Maui yet. And that's a uh, that's on my agenda to do before I go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They they have some great beer. I we get a uh, few of their offerings here in in my area. And I really enjoy the coconut porter is fantastic. <laughs> oh, Danny, you're not lying. The coconut porter is amazing. Yeah. Um, it's uh the coconut porter and and the wheat. Uh, you got my my uh my yeah. uh, Q and A wheat. Uh, that's I think that's where I have my mishap. <laughs> okay, okay. So it's that Hawaiian wheat that you have problems with. <laughs> no, it's any wheat beer I have an issue with. Any wheat beer, it just affects me in that manner. Where, wow. Yeah. Have you thought about taking? No, it's it? good, good stuff. It's yeah, at, it's good at, at Maui. Yeah, I've, I've been over there. No, it, it uh, nice. It's good. It's good beer, but it's my body doesn't adjust to the wheat. In in the liquid form, I can have a wheat sandwich, but I can't have a wheat beer, and, and that affects me differently. 
I don't know. I'm uh, four bottles in. No, five. Let me count. Five bottles in, and uh, I think I'm okay or no? I, I think after three bottles in, you were starting to feel not so okay. Five bottles, you're definitely feeling good. Well, here's the thing, too. I'm on a diet, so <laughs> I haven't... All I've eaten today was two slices of pizza. <laughs> wow. You're on a pizza diet? I'm on a very diet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm on a very strict diet. And actually, after we hang up, I'm going to go finish the rest of that pizza. All right. Thank you guys for having me on. Hopefully, I didn't mess it up. Hopefully, I I kicked Vic's ass on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you kicked his ass for sure. Well, my podcast was called uh, the Everything Burrito Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All about burritos. Let me give you the, my intro. Ready? <laughs> yeah, do it. Are you recording this? Yeah, I am. <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> right, okay. It was like, and welcome to another edition of the Everything Burrito Podcast. This is the podcast that we talk about everything and anything you want to talk about. I am your host, SpongeBobbies. I am the refried beans that holds the everything burrito together. But you, as the callers, you guys call in. You guys are the meat, the cheese, the lettuce. Anything you put in your burrito, that's what you guys are. You guys are what give the content to this podcast. You guys are the fuel that builds up and we talk about whatever it is. So everybody call in. We'll take a caller one at a time or maybe two at a time. And we'll just see what happens. Hmm. Okay. That's five bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it went on for, I think it was six months. And I would have callers in and people would, it was a live show where we streamed it through, um, I forgot the, uh, the site we used, but it was the live show and people would go on live, listen to it live and would call in through Skype and, and we would chit chat about mm. anything. Hey, it's Shaver from Open Forum Radio here. I want to go ahead and take a second to say thank you for checking out this episode of Tap the Craft. And I would like to encourage each of you to check out some of the other shows that we have here on the Open Forum Radio Podcast Network. Uh, we'll start it off with the original Open Forum Radio, The 40 Cast, Prove Your Point, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, My Peanut Gallery, The Married Gamers, Some Other Castle, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Just Press Start, Platform Junkies, and Jobbers on the Mic. Hey, be cool. Give a great review to all the shows you like on iTunes, Podbay, Stitcher, everywhere you can give reviews. Review every show five times, and you are officially a good listener. Also, go ahead and visit openforumradio.com, links to all the different shows. Uh, like the Open Forum Radio Facebook page, and... Uh, Take a second, if you like playing games online and with people and are cool, to uh, go ahead and look at Zabari's Gamer Information Spreadsheet. Fully useful information that will do nothing but enhance your online gaming experience. All right, folks, take it easy. Have a good day.